welcome to This Week in Brattleboro History, produced by the Brattleboro Historical Society and the Brattleboro Area Middle School. Joy and glory are two feelings often associated with parades. Parades can be festive times when people break out of their own day-to-day activities to join together as a community. In particular, Fourth of July parades are consistent reminders of generational sacrifices, historical events, and the societal context of today. A past parade of some renown was the Welcome Home Parade, held on the one-year anniversary of VJ Day, August 14, 1946. Thousands of onlookers watched a large six-division Brattleboro parade offer an official welcome home to the veterans of World War II. The parade culminated with a brief ceremony on the common. Guest speakers were the newly nominated Republican candidate for Vermont governor, Brattleboro's World War II hero, Colonel Ernest Gibson, and Vermont Senator George Aiken. The parade began on Western Avenue near Spruce Street, marched down Green and Church Streets to Elliott, then east on Elliott to Maine, and up Maine to the Common. The parade began at 4 p.m., lasted an hour, and was led by Colonel Ernest Gibson and the town band. Hundreds of veterans dressed in their military uniforms marched in the event. Newspaper reports listed six bands, 48 floats, and one airplane in the six large divisions. The airplane proved too wide for some of the turns at the various street corners and slowed the progress of the parade. The Grand Parade Prize was a gold ribbon for the best float, and it was awarded to the Odd Fellows entry entitled Peace. On the float, two guardian angels stood guard over a giant globe of the world. The two angels were portrayed by Mildred Coburn and Edith Searles. In the afternoon, two hours before the parade, the dedication of the new Post 5 American Legion home took place in the former Blake residence on Linden Street. That evening, a little after 9 p.m., a massive fireworks display occurred on the fairgrounds, high school sports fields. Approximately 5,000 tickets were sold for the American Legion-sponsored event. The grandstand was overflowing, as were the first base bleachers. People spread blankets on the playing field and witnessed parachute flyers, giant pinwheels, Roman candles and fireworks cascading through the air like towering illuminated waterfalls and umbrellas. The previous evening, there was a free dance held for ex-servicemen and women at the community hall in the armory, now the Gibson Aiken Center. Dick Perry and his orchestra played to a packed house from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. Factories and businesses closed for the afternoon so everyone could participate in the community-wide celebration. The parade ended on the common a little after 5 p.m. Senator Aiken spoke to the parade goers and veterans and shared an interesting message. Before Pearl Harbor, George Aiken had been slow to support Roosevelt's war effort in Europe. During the Lend-Lease hearings in early 1941, Aiken had questioned providing military aid to Europe because he felt it was one step closer to sending young, rural Americans to fight somebody else's war on foreign soil. Aiken was quoted during the hearings as stating the only testimony he heard was from weapons manufacturers and middle-aged bureaucrats. Instead, he wanted to hear the opinions of young rural men who would eventually be called on to fight and die in Europe. After the attack on Pearl Harbor, Aiken became a strong supporter of U.S. involvement in World War II. Almost five years later, after the Welcome Home Parade, 
Senator Aiken spoke at the Common and thanked the community for its sacrifice. He thanked the veterans in attendance and remembered all those who did not return from the war. Aiken stressed the need to preserve democracy and free speech. He said that during the war, large corporations had grown and were now challenging the underpinnings of democracy. Newspapers, radio, and motion pictures were in danger of becoming controlled by media monopolies, and he thought this was a threat to free speech. Aiken spoke about the cost of the war in terms of lives, natural resources, and national debt. He said future development of the world's natural resources should benefit all people, not just corporations. He argued that Congress should create laws to curb the growth of large companies who were moving toward monopolies and cartels. Aiken argued that all citizens must be able to vote and highlighted how that was still a struggle in our country. He supported the rights of laborers and farmers to organize, and he championed the cause of the newly formed United Nations, the cause of world peace and security. Senator George Aiken was an interesting politician. In 1945, he had sponsored the Food Allotment Bill, a forerunner of the food stamp program. In 1946, he was one of four Republicans who co-sponsored the Full Employment Act. In 1947, he promoted federal aid to education and sought to increase the national minimum wage by over 50%. In 1950, Aiken was one of six Republican senators to join Maine's Margaret Chase Smith in denouncing the tactics of Senator Joe McCarthy. They warned against those who sought victory through the selfish political exploitation of fear, bigotry, ignorance, and intolerance. They went on to say, It is high time that we stop thinking politically as Republicans and Democrats about elections and started thinking patriotically as Americans. It is high time that we all stopped being tools and victims of totalitarian techniques that, if continued unchecked, will surely end what we have come to cherish as the American way of life. George Aiken was born in Dummerston. His family moved to Putney shortly thereafter, and he graduated from Brattleboro High School. Eventually, he served four years as Vermont governor and 34 years as Vermont's United States senator. Aiken was considered a moderate to liberal Republican and retired in 1975 as the Dean of the Senate. Patrick Leahy, a Democrat, was elected to Aiken's seat and now serves as Dean of the Senate as well, the longest continuous Senate office holder. Back in 1946, Senator Aiken warned Welcome Home parade goers that democracy, free speech, individual rights, and proper use of natural resources could be threatened by unchecked corporations and monopolies. A few years later, he warned of government officials with totalitarian tendencies who threatened America's way of life. In 1905, the philosopher, poet, and novelist George Santayana wrote, Those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. As another 4th of July fades into the distance, it is good to remember the dreams sparked by the Declaration of Independence and the promises made in the U.S. Constitution. It is our understanding of these documents, first written in the 1700s, that will propel us through this new century. Please join us next week for another story from our community's past.